0: Hello my wonderful friend, welcome to Faith FM, drive time, big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Prita, your host, and I'm very happy to be with you again today. Thank you for tuning in. Please stay with us during this program because I believe it will be a very special one. Uh, considering also our uh, uh, co-host uh, today, which I like to introduce it right now because I want to check also if our connection is okay. Because uh, maybe just before we we came. Uh, Uh, on air uh, I may lift my fader out I'm not sure and you may even heard me talking to David trying to establish this uh, connection but let's see if David is online hi David how are you
1: Uh, great Nick it's great to be broadcasting with you once again
0: all right that's good that I can hear you David now David is um, the director of Family Voice Australia for South Australia and Northern Territory is that right David? That's
1: it, Nick, absolutely.
0: Beautiful. And we have David quite often with us on uh, Friday for a short segment, but today you are going to co-host with me for this program. <laughs> yes, uh,
1: it's going to be fun, Nick.
0: <laughs> it, it will be very good, and it's an unfortunate uh, thing that you could not make it to be in the studio with us uh, today, but very happy to have you over the phone, uh, David. And... um We hope that the connection will will stay well uh, all through the program. Now, just before we even uh, moving further, um, David, I would like to remind our listeners that they can be part of this program. They can uh, come with us uh, via... uh, uh, text message share some of their thoughts uh, maybe ask a question i know uh, david is well uh, equipped to answer some of those ones if you want to throw a question to us and uh, if that's you know uh, possible to answer we'll do with all our um, uh, good intention <laughs> isn't yeah. that not right david yeah, we will do our best absolutely nick right now the number where you can um, send us a text message during this program is zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. On the same number, uh, jot it down right now while I'm going to repeat it again because we are going to give you an offer—a free book, a wonderful book called Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings. The number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. David, all through uh, this week, uh, we approach um, some of the topics in regard to hard sayings and radical teachings of Jesus. Now, um, we learn about the prayer, you know, the Lord's Prayer, um, the Golden Rule, um, if they are only unique to, to Christianity? For example, prayer. I believe many people are praying, even though they may not be Christians. Is that not right, David?
1: Yes, yes, of course.
0: Prayer is a very important thing in our uh, life. And uh, I believe myself that even those people who call themselves uh, atheists, you know, and they claim not to believe in God, at certain times in their life, I believe they will say a prayer.
1: This is true. You just have to put people under pressure and they will cry out either blaspheming or Mm. in seeking God for salvation.
0: Absolutely. There there, there really
1: are no no genuine atheists out there when it comes to push. shove.
0: Also, we approach another topic. Is salvation easy or hard? You know, we talked about the narrow way. We talk about the wider uh, gate, you know, and how many can go through and um, go to destruction. And Jesus yes. Himself um, said that uh, many are going to to that uh, road, to that path, if you like, uh, towards destruction. But only those who come through the narrow um, gate, yes. which is Jesus Himself, exactly, exactly, those ones will be will be on the right track, on the right path. Yes. And also, we discussed, David, um, is it possible to do good things and still be lost? I thought that was a very good one because we learn, um, you know, from the sayings of Jesus uh, when he, he mentioned that um, uh, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord,
1: exactly. will inherit
0: the kingdom of heaven. Now, that was very difficult, you know, because many Christians will find themselves, this is very very sobering, what, what I'm saying here now, but many Christians, maybe they will lose their eternity. Mm. Because they are not rightly connected with uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ and That's to right. hear to hear that um, sentence uh, David uh, I hope that none of us will hear that you know mm-hmm. um, to say depart from me yes. I never knew you yes because you are lawlessness you know and we discuss also just that other day um, uh, Fabiano uh, discussed a very interesting topic with uh, with ernst about uh, does he really mean? I mean, talking to, about Jesus, we we are to hate our families because you know in the Bible again um, it says that those people who don't hate you know uh, mother, father, son, daughter they are not worthy of me. Jesus said that, and we are look, looking particularly in these um, three chapters of from um, Matthew chapter five, six, and seven, known as the um, Sermon on the Mount of uh, blessings. And, uh, but not only, we looked in, uh, you know, Luke and John and uh, Mark. Uh, I believe all these hard sayings of Jesus, they were very intentional from our Lord Jesus Christ. They were not just um, some sayings there in the Bible, because all of these sayings, they have a a further um, implication.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Now, today, uh, David, we are going to tackle another one, quite difficult actually. Uh, and uh, we'll pray to God that uh, God will lead us and will help us to uh, share some uh, light, to say so, through this question. Did Jesus really teach cannibalism? <laughs> yes. What That's
1: do an you. Excellent question. Wow.
0: What, excellent. Yeah, what would you like to say, David, in just, just throwing this question to you first, uh, a few things? And I will come back uh, after that just with a short uh, prayer and maybe a bit of the World Watch news.
1: Yeah, this uh, certainly was a a live issue in the early church because many non-Christians could not believe what Christians were doing because they seemed to be eating human flesh because they were talking about this being the body of Jesus. Mm. And they completely misunderstood what was going on because it was bread and it was the fruit of the vine, which is grape juice. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what they were celebrating. It was completely innocent then as it is now. Uh, and yet it was completely misunderstood. Yet today, Nick, think about this. Think about someone who goes into church for the first time. They know nothing about the faith, nothing about Christian practice, mm. and they see us taking some bread and some grape juice and saying, this is the body of Jesus, and this is the blood of Jesus, and we're going to eat it. Mm. And they, they would wonder, what planet are these people from? So Jesus... Uh, it, it, you know he, he's very shocking in his words to those who don't understand what he's talking about. And uh, I do sympathize with, with unbelievers who are perhaps coming into church for the first time. Please don't be put off by this, because as we unravel the story, it will make perfect sense. But uh, on first flush, it sounds very, very weird and very strange indeed that we would, particularly in, a, in the context of, of the Jewish background, eat human flesh or drink blood. A, a pious Jew would rather die than eat blood, mm,
2: that's a, not a, true. any
1: blood, well, mm-hmm. the blood of any animal, uh, let alone a human being. And as, as for eating the flesh of a human being, uh, they, they would rather die. So, uh, Jesus is completely turning, not so much upside down, but right side up our thinking about so many things. He he challenged the thinking of his disciples and his listeners in so many ways, and this is one of them. So I wonder if I just might read from John's Gospel. Sure. The Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. You see, he created a huge debate about this matter. Mm -hmm. The Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Mm. Jesus said to them, So, the one who feeds on me will live because of me.
2: Hmm.
1: This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. So, those words are in John chapter 6. So uh what a what an astonishing set of statements we have there Nick.
0: Beautiful beautiful David. Uh so true. and we are going to come back to this uh, chapter uh today a little bit more uh, chapter 6 and look into some of the passages there which Jesus mentioned and try to um unpack you know those um uh, teachings because they were the teachings from Jesus Christ yes. and they must not be uh, any uh, error or uh, misunderstanding about that you know if you allow the scripture to uh, interpret itself to teach us, I think we will be on the right path uh, when we are going to have some issues when we start to interpret it from our own um, point of view and let the tradition of men to say so to creep in and um, alter some of those beautiful teachings of Jesus. but just before we moving on, I mention uh, David that um, i want to also um, start with a prayer while i'm saying that i really want to ask you before we pray david and um, if you could probably say a prayer i'll say a prayer Um, we are so um, troubled i believe uh, these days by what's happening in uh, afghanistan now i know uh, generally that it may seem like it's a muslim country you know but there are lots of people suffering there and there are lots of christians there are lots of people who gave their life to yeah. Jesus. Uh, we don't know, uh, even though sometimes, you know, secretly, they may not even uh, show that uh, fully. But what would you like to say in a few words uh, about this situation in Afghanistan, yes. David? Yes.
1: Well, it is tragic that uh, so many parts of the world have not received the Christian gospel. Uh, When we learn to walk in faith as we respond to the gift of salvation, we learn to love God and we learn to love our neighbor. And uh, loving our neighbor is not always easy, but we we are enabled inwardly to love even our enemies because of the Holy Spirit living within our lives to transform us and to Mm. have the law of God written in our hearts. So it is so tragic that the Middle East has not received Jesus as Savior and Lord The Islamic faith recognizes Jesus as a prophet, but the Muslim faith does not recognize that he was crucified Mm. or that he was the son of God or that he was raised from death. So we really need to pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to those Muslim contexts and bring about revival and reformation.
0: That's so well said, uh, um, David, and uh, we will pray to God that uh, his mercy will reach um, to all those people in need right there, right now. And as I said, there will be Christians who gave their life, you know, yes. in the hands of our Lord Jesus Christ, but they may suffer right now persecution and, and dying for, for their faith. Would you like to, to pray, David?
1: for yes, I'd uh, love to. Thank you. Our Father, we commit to you the Middle East and Af- Afghanistan, especially with its huge sufferings there, We do pray for Christians who are being persecuted, that you will give them strength. Mm. We pray for Muslim people uh, who have uh, received revelations in dreams and visions that Jesus is the Son of God and they've placed their faith in him. Comfort and encourage them, we pray. Mm. Uh, We pray for other Muslim people who have not yet responded to the gospel of Jesus, that they will do so. We also pray for the west that you will give it wisdom in relation to how to deal with this problem especially Mm. this recent attack on u.s marines yes and we do pray that we would love our neighbor nationally that we would not just wash our hands of nations in the middle east but that we will uh, rightly intervene in order to bring peace and above all the christian message to those nations so we commit the situation in afghanistan to you now in jesus name
0: amen Amen. and dear father in heaven we uphold to you again, you know, the situation in Afghanistan and all over the world, because we are witnessing a very big, uh, you know, unrest all over the world with all sorts of things going on with the COVID thing. And uh, particularly those people now who are trying to escape, you know, uh, running for their lives, Lord, please be with them, assure them that you are caring about them and whatever happens there that they will trust in you and will not waste their life in vain. I pray, Lord, that you'll be today with us as we are approaching this difficult um, subject in a way uh, because we're asking this question, did Jesus really teach cannibalism? Of course not. Uh, But we are going to talk about what that means to uh, eat uh, um, the flesh and to drink the blood uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ as is mentioned in the Bible and thank you for uh, um, helping us to go through this subject in Jesus name Amen Amen. Now David before I'm asking you another question uh, I like to mention to our listeners that they can be part of this program come with us uh, via a uh, text message and um, ask a question or make a comment in regard to our topic or if something troubles them, uh, you can write a message using this phone number zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. This is Nick Krita and our co-host today is David De Lima, the president of uh, Family Voice Australia for South Australia and Northern Territory region. David, the next question is this. What did Jesus mean when he said, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood?
1: Yes. The background to the Lord's Supper, as we call it, which is consuming the bread and and the wine or the bread and the grape juice, is the Passover. So we have to go back to the book of Exodus there. and Mm -hmm. We see that God's people were in Egypt and terrible judgment came upon Egypt because it was so uh, hostile to the people of God. And they had a special meal before they left, and they had to take a lamb, and they killed the lamb, and they ate the lamb. Yes. So, And they ate bread with the lamb as well. Interestingly, there's no, no reference to drinking anything, but uh, it's a pretty poor meal that doesn't have something to drink, so we can sort of <laughs> assume that they had something to drink there, even though it's not mentioned. But the... Jewish people had to do certain things in order to be right with God, that is, obeying the law. Mm. Now, none of them, in fact, achieved righteousness by obeying the law because none of them could keep it. However, there is a principle there. But more than that, there is an anticipation of a sacrifice that would occur some 1,200 years later when Jesus walked on the earth and was crucified and died. That is his sacrifice. So the Apostle Paul, for example, says that, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Very important scripture. Yes. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So that's why when Jesus ate the Passover, which he did every year as a good Jew, as they all did, he was thinking about his own body because he knew that he was going to lay down his life to pay the price for sin. When you think about it, Nick, if you kill an animal, how how on earth is that going to please God? No, But the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. So the wrong things I've done deserve, uh, I deserve to die mm. because of the wrong things I've done. But if let's say I owed $100,000 and I didn't have the money, and then you come along and say, let me take care of that. Well, you know, the government doesn't mind who pays, whether it's me or you, as long as it's paid. And in the same way, I can't pay for my sins because I'm in a state of condemnation. But Jesus can pay. He can say, I will lay down my life for David, for Nick, for all of the listeners. It, it, it's it's the most wonderful news of all time yes. uh, that he would do this for us. And he could afford to do so because, though it would cost him his life, because he himself was innocent, death had no claim on him and he could be raised from the dead mm. by his heavenly father. So this is the gospel. This is the good news. So this is the whole background to the Passover by Uh, By eating a lamb, uh, all all we were doing was thinking about how this isn't working, but that we need something. We need a lamb, and so it was anticipating Christ, our Passover lamb.
0: Yes, and John the Baptist, you know, declaring that uh, this is the Lamb of God who come to take away um, all our sins, yeah, the sins of the world. And David. before I'm asking you another question, I'd like to read um, a few uh, passages from uh, John chapter 6, as we mentioned earlier, because we are going to look into this a little bit uh, more in detail. If I start from verse 35, where Jesus said um, uh, to the disciples and those people around him, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never now, as you pointed out a bit earlier, that uh, in the Old Testament, you know, that was very a uh, practice which the children of Israel they must do. They must do, you know, to uh, understand the um, how to say that the um, um, results of their uh, sinful life you know, yes. and uh, to connect with God. Now, Jesus is uh, the Lamb of God, and uh, he says these words, I am the bread of life. Mm. You know, um, I am also uh, you know, the, my blood was shared for you, you know, and in, we'll see in other parts of the Bible, says that whoever thirsts, come to me, and I'll give the uh, living water. I mean, whatever he talks about in these symbols, he obviously was not talking about uh, uh, that somebody needs to eat his flesh, even though Christians today believe in transubstantiation, yes, which is very, someday. very, um, very difficult, you know. But yeah, this is the next question i like to ask you and, and just consider. Uh, what is the background of the Lord's Supper and what that means? It's important for us to have communion, to be part of the Lord's Supper?
1: Yes, the background of the Lord's Supper is the Passover. So they kept it, and uh, they continued to keep it. And many Christians today still do keep the Passover. Mm-hmm. And I rather like that idea. Uh, this, is, this shouldn't be some legalism that we do, not at all. It should be a recollection of what God has done, because God was on the move back then, as he is today, and it's always good for us to think about what God has been doing in the past that encourages us to continue to put our faith in him. Mm-hmm. So in our family, for example, we uh, we enjoy keeping the Passover. Uh, uh, our children have all grown up and well, we've still got one at home, but uh, two out of three have, have moved out now, so uh, this doesn't happen quite as frequently. But when, when they were there as children, we, we enjoyed the whole Passover experience, thinking about what God has done and that on that day, things were done differently because they were in a hurry to leave Egypt. Therefore, the bread didn't rise. Um, But unfortunately, this has has led to enormous controversy in the churches in the modern world because Mm -hmm. some churches like to have leavened bread and others like to have unleavened bread. Um, And it's a pity that we make such a big deal of this. uh, I wonder if God laughs sometimes at the things we do. The the eastern part of the churches, it's Mm -hmm. called. They always have... uh, have um, leavened bread, whereas the Western Church always has unleavened bread. Mm. Um, but but whether you have. Uh, 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 unleavened or leavened bread isn't really the issue, the issue is, is whether we're understanding Christ
0: that, that's and correct and if I could just, uh, sorry to just bite into yeah. there, uh, if yeah. I could just mention a little bit because you said the uh, in between the east and the um, west and I'm coming from the eastern region um, with a lot of tradition and a lot of um, yeah different understanding, maybe in the west also it's a lot of influence uh, because of the protestant movement, ok, mm. and uh, all yeah. those things, even though uh I believe that even the Catholic Church, which is you know um, very strong into you know um, sharing the um, you know the communion, but I think they do with unleavened bread now when i 'm saying that that's another subject for another uh, Bible study, if you like, why God talked about the unleavened bread in the Bible, what's the connotation of that? What's the meaning of that? Because we can expand on this and see why the Bible talks about uh, unleavened bread, because otherwise it will be insignificant, you know, it may not be um, mentioned that, but you're right what you're saying. Sometimes we can be caught into these things and totally miss out of the, of the meaning of the act itself. Mm. Sorry that yes, I interrupted you there, but yeah, continue. No, no, I,
1: was just, I was just going to go on to say that, uh, that that Jesus approached everything from a spiritual dynamic, shall we say. Mm. He was constantly looking for the deep spiritual meaning. You know, the sun in the morning, the, the red sky in the morning, the red sky in the evening. You know, he said, Look, you people are good at interpreting that, but you're not understanding the real signs. Uh, uh, the, the real significance of things. Mm. And the truth is that we, we eat food every day. Jesus taught us to pray uh, that we would have our daily bread. But so often many of us, Nick, we just throw food <laughs> into our mouths or in such a hurry, mm. and we're not thinking about the spirituality of what's going on, and yet God has given us food to eat. Yes. Uh, but above all, he's given us Christ. And so we we need to think sort of communion thoughts around even the, the, the breakfast lunch or dinner table, because uh, as, we, as we eat, we need to be grateful for what God has done in giving, mm. us, in giving us bread or whatever we're eating. Yes. And above all, we need to be thankful for Christ. And even if we have nothing to eat, we've still got Christ to feed upon. And, uh, and, and we look forward, interestingly, to a feast at the, at the end of the age, um and Isaiah speaks about this, and there's a there's a wonderful prophecy of it in the book of Exodus, where mm. the elders went up on the mountain, and they it says they saw God, and they ate and drank. It's a wonderful little passage. They saw God with this this crystal crystal uh, uh, floor, if you like, mm-hmm. um, or pavement. Or they saw God, and they ate and drank. So, yep. eating and drinking. It is a very, very sacred thing that we've we've entirely lost sight of. You know, all we've got left now in our culture, make, uh, which used to be a church-going culture, but all we've got left now is Christmas, basically.
0: Yeah, uh, we and mentioned we have a special meal. Yeah, and you mentioned this about eating and drinking. You know, uh, you know, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. You know, to mm-hmm. to say so. But I'm asking you uh, this question: What has um, eating and drinking got to do with anything? Can yes. you go a bit further into this and just uh, it's, share yes, with us? absolutely. It's because we,
1: when when we eat and drink, and we don't often think about this, but we are utterly dependent upon what we eat and drink. And if we don't drink, we'll be dead in about three days. Mm. And if we don't eat, we'll be dead in about 40, 40 days or 50 days, something like that. Uh, we, but we, because we're so well off in Australia, you know, we just open the fridge and away we go. Go to the supermarket and away we go. Uh, we, we're not recognising our dependence upon God, and you know we and we are in fact dependent even for every breath that we take, but we don't think about that. So part of the, the part of the spirituality of eating and drinking, which has really captured for us wonderfully in the Lord's Supper Mm. and in the Passover, which uh, is the preface to the Lord's Supper, is a recognition that life is more than the material. Yes. Uh, There is a spiritual dimension. And when Jesus was there at the Last Supper, he was giving the full spiritual interpretation, the, the authentic interpretation of the Passover. So they had some glimpse of that because of their theological background. Whereas we today we we just eat and drink and are merry mm. and give no thought to what God is saying to us through the through our incredible dependency, and yet Jesus taught us to pray that God would give us our daily bread, yes, and so uh, it's to him that we are looking that the the virtue of eating and drinking is to know what God is doing in our hearts and what Christ has done for us and offers himself to us as as the true bread and the true drink so you know it's it's we sh- we should not be satisfied simply to have a good meal uh we we must give thanks to god in that and know what he is saying to us about christ as our savior our passover lamb
0: yes that's true uh, david i'm going to talk, uh, take a short break here uh, now another question i like to ask you after the break is um along this line um It is necessary to keep the Lord's Supper today. We'll talk about this just after the break. Before the song uh, I want to play, I want to remam- remind our listeners that they can be in touch with us. They can send us a message. There are already some messages coming through, and we are going to share a couple of them after the break. Uh, please send us messages on 0488 On the same number, you can send us a message and requesting our free offer for today. Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing. The Sermon on the Mount has been called the Manifesto of the king and the megacarta of the kingdom it is the essence of the teachings of jesus presented to the disciples you must have this book in your hands it's free of charge no obligation you just need to send us the code for this book which is sa13 sa stands for south australia number 13 and this book will be yours now the number again it's zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. We're going to take a short break here, please stay with us. The song is called Let us break bread together.
3: Let us break bread together on our knees. Let us break bread together on our knees. I fall on my knees with my face to the rising sun.
0: listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is David Lima. David is the president of uh, Family Voice Australia for South Australia and Northern Territory and it's good to have David with us today. Hey David um, that song was very nice very soft and um, with so much uh, truth in it Mm -hmm. and um, what I want uh, before we continue because just before the break David we Uh, said that um, we are going to talk a a bit more about is necessary to keep lord's supper today but because we are going in into this i like to acknowledge a a text coming through from uh, one of our listeners uh, and thank you Stephen, for sending that message he says uh, i recognize children and families living in constant fear and that's so true david from family voice australia what would you like to say to our listener
1: Yes, uh, there are indeed mm. many children, many families living in fear, uh, particularly in, in Afghanistan, but it's true in every street. There, There is domestic violence going on uh, so frequently in our culture, it's just appalling, and our hearts and, uh, and thoughts go out, and our prayers go out to children especially who are in those situations. Our prayer, of course, at Family Voice, is that we will exalt the name of Jesus, mm. that people will turn to him. They will recognise that they need to be saved. I mean, what, what father who, who bashes his wife or children can can feel satisfied to have done that? Obviously not. Uh, and the, the conscience uh, we trust will touch, uh, will prick, will be pricked, as it were, in the hearts and minds of, of uh, everyone out there that they would turn in faith to christ and learn to love god and learn to love our neighbor and there's no one more neighborly than our spouse and our children yes and so we really need the gospel to be impacting once again in our culture
0: yeah, absolutely thanks for that uh, david um, the main topic for the whole week uh, was hard sayings of jesus and today we are approaching this one uh, did jesus really teach cannibalism and, uh, David, you shared with us uh, what Jesus meant when he said uh, yes. to eat uh, his uh, flesh and uh, to drink his blood. But um, let's look a little bit more at this aspect. is necessarily to keep the Lord's Supper today, is it?
1: Well, uh, there's nothing that Christians have to do in order to be right with God. Let's get that point mm-hmm. made uh, squarely and surely right at the outset. Mm. Nothing we can do will make us right with God. Uh, we will be rewarded for good things that we've done, but not saved. Mm. We are saved only by grace. Now, if there was some perfect person out there that could keep all of the law of God, well, that they are not a sinner, therefore they are in a state of righteousness. Mm-hmm. But that's not you or me. <laughs> and it's, it's no one out there except for Christ <laughs> yes. himself. So, uh, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the statement of Scripture, mm. and I think we all know that in our hearts. So, because we're in that state of sin, then it doesn't matter what good things we do, because we're still in the state of sin. And so, what we need is salvation, and so Christ has paid the price as our Passover lamb. When he says that we should drink his blood and eat his flesh, he's really saying that in the same way that, that traditionally the Jewish people have eaten the the lamb and the bread and consumed the, the, the grape juice or the wine, um, in, in that same way they are putting their trust in God who will cause his angel to pass over. The, and so, so the people of God were spared from death as they sacrificed the lamb, yes, and as they as they ate the lamb uh, but but not because there's some virtue in eating or even in killing, but because God was looking ahead to the sacrifice of Christ, so the Passover is really a prophecy of Jesus, and so that's that's where the power of grace was back in Egypt in twelve hundred BC roughly whenever it was, and so the angel of death passed over the homes of those who had put the blood on the door you, you see it's it's prophetic of the of the blood of jesus which was spilled when he was crucified yes so but there's more more to it than that because when we take bread and wine we we are handling powerful symbols of death and resurrection because the seed must go into the ground before it uh, sprouts and mm. forms the wheat, mm-hmm. and then it it yields its life uh, as it's harvested and as it's ground to make the bread, and the same is true of the wine or the grape juice. When we harvest the grapes, we then crush them, and so then it is the the death of the grape, uh, the the the, lo- the loss of the of the grapes. Uh, Integrity, as it were. Yes. Um, uh, it, it, it is squeezed. You, you throw mm. away the bit that you don't want. You get the juice. And so, uh, e- eating bread, which we do every day, and drinking things like you, you may not have wine every day, but or grape juice every day, but you might have orange juice, or mm. you know, the a lemonade, or you might have a squeeze of lemon in your in your soda water, or whatever it might be. Uh, uh, Jesus would have us look beyond the material here. To see the gospel message, to see his own death and resurrection. So, in handling the bread and in handling the juice, we are handling powerful symbols of death and resurrection. Yes. The wheat dies in order to give life, the grape yields the wine only when crushed. Yes. So, we've got the gospel message right on our dining room table every day. If Mm. only our eyes could be opened, Nick.
0: Yes. And, and David, uh, I'm pretty sure you're not suggesting that we can have communion uh, uh, with uh the. you know, uh, orange juice or with other things. Uh, by the way, I was uh, assisting uh, one time to um, service to a communion service, uh, one of the churches, and they served uh, water in small uh, little small uh, caps and just yeah. go quickly around and and that was communion you know i believe if when that's you,
1: if that's all you've got that's all you've yeah,
0: got yeah but what i'm trying to say because in that in this context obviously it was not that uh, you know people can have all sorts of uh, uh, idea about this i believe in the bible when the uh, the bible says about the the blood, what that represents and about the flesh, what Jesus says I am the bread of life and all those things. I'll ask you this uh, now, um, why all the different views about the Lord's Supper? Now I, I mentioned that I've seen something like that and uh, yeah, what do? You, what would you like to share? What's, first of all, what's your view? Because we'd we'll, we'll like to see what the Bible also um, says about that.
1: Yes, yes. The there are two extremes. One is that we can say that there's almost mag- magic happening,
2: mm-hmm. in
1: one sense, and that and that priests will be magicians mm. who tra- who say certain things and and a transformation occurs. Uh, that's very very dangerous, uh, and unfortunately, what proceeds from that is a notion that somehow priests are um, are necessary for the grace of God to flow. But yes. there is only one high priest, which is Jesus. So we, um, we, may, we may value ministers of religion as we may call them, or
2: mm-hmm. people who
1: are set aside, especially to teach and so on, but they're not magicians, and they shouldn't pretend to be. Um, and throughout history, unfortunately, we've had people in positions of power who have really locked people out, and they have threatened things like, "Oh, well, it, we won't hear your confession, and therefore you're going to be damned if you don't do as we say," or, "Oh, we won't let you have the Lord's Supper." or we won't give you Christian burial, or we won't marry you in church, or we won't baptise your children if you don't do certain things. And so power has been wielded using the sacraments, and, and this is just an abomination. Yes. So that's, that's, that's one extreme. The other is that we would say, oh, look, it's only a bit of bread, it's only a drink, so what? And the Scriptures really won't allow that either because, as you know, Nick, Paul warns the Corinthians about approaching the Lord's Supper without examining conscience and he says that some of you have become sick and others have even died yes so we we can't have that extreme either to say oh look it's just it's just a symbol it's just a token mm-hmm. no more than that there is a spiritual dynamic which is at play there it's a bit of a mystery but what it means is that each of us as we come to the lord's supper or you might call it eucharist or holy communion whatever you call it Um, we do need to do so with a certain reverence of examining conscience because it's not really about the bread and the wine. It's about our standing with God. Are we sorrowful for our sins? Are we repentant of our sins? Are we seeking God for his salvation and receiving that gift from him? So that's really what Holy Communion is all about. Mm. And uh, all all the divergent views, uh, which I think must make God laugh, um, really need to be offered to God, and we need to say, God, guide us and give us your truth, and as I say, it is, uh, it is in between those kind of extremes of, of magic on the one hand and tokenism, pure tokenism on the other. No, we need to recognize Christ as our Passover lamb and that it's his body and his blood, and really it's all about him.
0: Yes. Uh, can I ask you this, David, also, why is sometimes uh, only the bread given and not the wine? Have yes, you seen that? Yes. Have you come across? Uh-
1: yes, I have. Yeah, um, I'm sorry to say that in some some Christian traditions the wine is often withheld. That's been a, that's been the custom. Uh, the reason for that is because you can you can work with the bread and you can make a, a very neat little twenty cent piece sized wafer with mm-hmm. no crumbs, and then you will be certain that as you give that to the to the person receiving the communion that they'll pop that straight into their mouth there'll be no crumbs no spillage wine wine or grape juice or any liquid for that matter is much more problematic and there were huge debates during the medieval era you know what do you do with a man who who slurps slurps the 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 wine as he's drinking uh, and he spills some onto his beard what punishment should he have because he's He's spilling the blood of Christ, you see. So, <laughs> it's this is, this is taking it to the extreme. Yes. Um, and and not not seeing seeing him in it or, or seeing him too literalistically, shall we say. Uh, uh, what These are serious questions that were asked. What do you do, what punishment do you do with a dog that runs in to church and eats some of the bread? Mm. This was a serious question in the medieval church era. Yes. I mean, it's just laughable. It must make God laugh. But to solve the problem of the uh, of the possibility of spilling the wine is just not to give it to anyone. Oh, okay. And so in, okay. in some churches you'll see a, you'll see communion next Sunday with wine. You see, with wine as though this is oh, this is something special and exciting. Well, communion should always have the, the juice.
0: Yeah, the bread and um, wine. as is, says is that. Yeah, the it, Bible shouldn't,
1: it shouldn't. be uh, you know reserved for special occasions yes. or only for the minister to have. Yes. So. Yeah, um, I, I hope I'm not uh, offending too many people <laughs> to say these things.
0: But Yeah, i mean, uh, you're sharing yeah. your uh, your understanding. But let's look yeah. in the Bible a bit, um, uh, David, for a few passages mm. here. First of all, I'd like to just read from uh, the same chapter in John, uh, chapter 6, from mm. verse 53, if I may. Mm. Yeah. It says again here, Then Jesus said to them, referring to the disciples and the people surrounding uh, Jesus, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me Mm. and I in him. As the living father sent me and I live because of the father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. And this is yes. verse uh, 58. I want to also mention this is the bread which come down from heaven. You know, it's yes. amazing. It's wonderful to understand that, that we are talking about here Jesus life and the example he gave us, you know, uh, to follow. Yes. Not okay. as your and, and here just to finish. Sorry, David, just to finish. Yes. Uh, uh, not as your fathers ate the manna and you refer to that a bit earlier mm-hmm. and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. Wow, this passage in the Bible is so strong, and no wonder we call this uh, uh, under the topic of uh, hard sayings of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, what would you like to, uh, to say in this regard? And maybe I, I could uh, ask you this. Is there reality beyond the symbolism of bread and wine?
1: Yes. Absolutely, because it is pointing us to Christ, mm. which is the heart and soul of the communion or the the Lord's Supper. the The early church uh, loved to have that uh, Last Supper, and there's wonderful teaching in the Book of First Corinthians about that. And uh, it is good for us to come together, and there'll be a prayer, there'll be singing and there'll be the breaking of bread and the, the drinking of the juice mm. as we commemorate the death and resurrection. As we do so, we proclaim his death until he comes, Paul says. We mm. proclaim his death until he comes. So it is a proclamation and is a wonderful thing. But, of course, the, the the physical consuming of bread and grape juice itself is not able to give us salvation, and Jesus isn't saying that, and Paul's not saying that, but it is a... Uh, a remembrance of the death of Christ, a proclamation uh, of what he's done until he returns. And when you think about that thief on the cross, he never got to have any Lord's Supper.
2: <laughs> yes. but,
1: he, but Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. So that man fed on Christ, uh, that man drank of Christ, even yes. though he never had a he never had the, uh, the opportunity for the, for the Lord's Supper. That's correct. So, uh, so the Lord's Supper is helpful. It is not essential for us because it is only the death and resurrection of Christ which mm. is essential for salvation, but it's a wonderful way of remembering and proclaiming his death.
0: Right. Now, David, time is going very fast today, and it's exciting, you know, to you to share with us and our listeners Uh, today. I have a couple of more questions, probably we'll uh, wrap it up slowly. I mean, you are, uh, by the nature of your ministry, you are also in touch with governments, you know, with um, officials. Uh, um, What are the implications of government as we keep uh, the Lord's Supper?
1: Yeah. Well, this is a fascinating matter that so few people seem to get their minds around. But there are two points to make. One is that the first is that the Lord's Supper is a recollection of Passover. Mm -hmm. And Passover itself was a judgment upon government. It was a judgment upon Pharaoh. In fact, it was a judgment upon the entire nation. But it was focused on Pharaoh because he was running the country and whatever he said went. And so all of those plagues and judgments culminated in the in the incredible punishment of the death of the firstborn son. But that, too, was prophetic about Christ, of course. So that's the first point. The second point is that in Luke's Gospel, when you read the Last Supper account, right in the middle of the Last Supper, when Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me, and they're looking around wondering who, who that might be, who's, who's the worst, who is the scoundrel, and they then change the subject and think about who's the best, Jesus, at that point, starts to speak about government. It's mm. right in the middle of the Lord's Supper. It, it, it's, it's so strange because none of us ever do this. None of us ever think about government when we're enjoying the Lord's Supper. It's a very private sort of personal thing. It's got nothing to do with community and society and government. But no, uh, the Passover was to do with government and society. Mm. And Jesus, right there in the middle of the Last Supper, he starts speaking about government. He speaks about the Roman emperor, the yes. benefactor, yes. the king of the Gentiles, and he says that what we need is servant leadership. So when, when Jesus died on the cross and was raised for us, he, he was really bringing salvation not just for the individual but for the whole cosmos, redeeming all of the cosmos, mm-hmm. including its institutions. And what we greatly need in the church is a recognition of the claims of Christ over government and over society. Over our institutions, our values, our customs, our laws, our universities, our prisons, all of that, it all comes together really in the Lord's Supper because the Lord's Supper is a recollection of Christ as Saviour and Lord.
0: Mm. Very well said. Um, thank you for that, uh, David. Now, uh, just a couple of more messages, you know, um, coming through. I would like to share uh, this. Uh, uh, our listener um, it's saying, oh, Lord, please uh, come and save your children. Indeed, Lord, we are uh, waiting for that great uh, day. But while people are suffering today, you know, we pray and we are uh, lift them to you. We intercede for all those people in need, dear Lord. Just hear our prayers. Another um, message says, "Bread is the word," which is true. If you go in the Bible, yeah, that's what refers is referring that eternal life. You know, it's uh, received from God, and if we believe in God in every word, you know, which yes. He said, and also wine or blood uh, is believing the Word. I like that yes. message. Thank you for uh, sending that um, message. Yeah, Do you want to make a comment on that very shortly? Yes,
1: yes. Um, there, there's a, an overlap and a separation, really, isn't there? Because because uh, Jesus said I'm the bread of life, um, and then he, sp- he spoke about ordinary bread, saying man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that mm. proceeds from the mouth of God. So, there's both a separation and an overlap and we need to recognise both of those. Bread, bread is bread, and um, every human being eats food. Uh, it might be rice, it might be wheat. Who knows what it is? But uh, everyone eats. Uh, but yeah. not everyone recognises Jesus as the bread of life. Yes. And this is the great tragedy. Yeah. That's, that's why we've got the problem in, in Afghanistan, even as we speak. That's quite the, whole, the problem of domestic violence. All mm. of this is because we are not recognising Jesus as the bread of life. Yes. We're happy to eat our food, mm. but we forget what really is being symbolised by eating uh, food and um the, the the ultimate meal is is uh, that uh, wonderful meal that's going to be coming at the end of all history, and uh, we might just want to sort of wind up by looking yeah. at this in Isaiah 25. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food yes. for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. Mm. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. It's Isaiah chapter 25. Nick, what a beautiful passage there. Indeed. At the end of history, there will be a meal. And our communion time, our Lord's Supper, is really prophetic of the banquet at the End of all history.
0: Yes, so true. Now, David, uh, let me see if you can answer this question in 30 seconds. (laughs) Our time is almost up. Um, uh, Should children be allowed to partake uh, of the Lord's Supper?
1: Well, there are different views on that, and uh, I don't want to offend anyone's particular views. But I think, as we look at the two great, the great um, events in in Israelite um, practice, one was the Passover, and the other is the Sabbath. Mm. Both, both were celebrated in the home. So the home is really such a wonderful place for us to understand the truths of God, and children participated in the Passover. Uh, from an early age. Now, the scripture does speak about us examining a heart, so mm-hmm. that might, might be something to bear in mind there, but uh we we belong before we believe and i think it's very important that we try to include people as much as possible
0: absolutely and so you and you said something sorry i'm i'm cutting you here a little bit because yeah, we are almost yeah. out of time uh but yes. you're right as long as you teach because that was the home um, in in the olden days you know the the nucleus there you know because to teach these days you don't have a chance to teach too much you know <laughs> but um david thank you so much for being with us today we really enjoy your um, your time with us uh, for the whole program may God richly bless you uh, and uh, looking forward to see you again uh, next week even if it's for a shorter period of time God really bless you uh, and our listeners and thank you for sharing with us I'm going to close here and uh, I'm just going to invite you next week to uh, join us again because we are going to continue to talk about the radical teachings of uh, Jesus could God like me? That's a good question. Until then, may God richly bless you. And I'm leaving you with this beautiful uh, uh, song. God bless.
4: Bought some a Target and ripped apart the pocket on Sunday. On the carpet and burnt it in the market on Monday.